0: Hello, and welcome to the CBC The Rim podcast. We're glad you found us. CBC The Rim is a church in San Antonio, Texas. If you want to learn more about us, you can find us at cbctherim.com. We hope you enjoy the message. Church, if you guys would, would you just make him feel welcome? Austin Johnson. Thank you, thank you. You may recognize me as the announcement guy, and Drew let me graduate and actually preach tonight, so thank you, Drew. But seriously, over the last two years, there's not been anyone, aside from my soon-to-be wife in 68 days, right here, sitting in the front row, there's been no one aside from her that's had a bigger influence on my life than Pastor Drew. I don't know how many of you guys have gotten to interact with Drew outside of this space. And you need to know that the same person that you see that stands up here, the same person that you'll meet at local coffee or Starbucks or wherever he goes to hide from people, the same person you'll meet at Lifetime Fitness, and the same person you'll find doing mentalism, illusion, excuse me, illusion. Uh, And so tonight, I'm really excited for what God's hopefully going to say to us. So we've been on this journey together called the Read Scripture app, and if you've been following along with us, you would have made it metaphorically and literally through the wilderness of Numbers and Leviticus. So tonight we're in Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we're going to be diving a little bit deeper into one of the readings from this past week. So if you have a copy of your scripture, I would love for you to pull it out and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 8. If you don't, no worries, look on with a neighbor or a friend, or it should be on the screen behind me as well. Deuteronomy chapter 8, and we'll be starting in verse 1. If you're taking notes... The title of this message is, I Remember When. Cue the, the famous song. Not really. Deuteronomy 8, starting in verse 1, says this. The whole commandment that I command you today, you shall be careful to do. That you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land that the Lord swore to give to your fathers. And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God has led you these 40 years in the wilderness. that He might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you'd keep his commandments or not. And he humbled you and let you hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that, the, that man does not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothing did not wear out on you, and your foot did not swell for 40 years. Praise God. Know then in your heart, as a man disciplines his son, the Lord your God disciplines you. So you shall keep the commandments of the Lord your God by walking in his ways and by fearing him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, and springs flowing out in the valleys and the hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity, in which you will lack nothing, a land whose stones are iron and out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land that he's given you. So this passage is Moses, who's the leader of the nation of Israel. He's giving them one last message, one last encouragement. And he's calling on them to remember that as they're getting ready to go into the promised land, they've been walking around in the wilderness for 40 years, and they're about to enter into the promised land, and Moses is getting them ready. He says, before you go in, you have to remember. So tonight, we're going to be looking at three different things that Moses calls us to remember. And the first point that Moses reminds us that we need to remember is that we would remember the wilderness. We would remember the wilderness. I don't know about you, but when I think of the wilderness, I think of West Texas, not the city of, but Western Texas. I'm not from Texas, so I learned there's a city named West so I think of western Texas, I think of Arizona, I think of snakes, I think of cactuses, a lot of things that I don't like. I think of not pleasant, I think I'm thirsty, I think it's, it's dry, I don't have a good picture in my mind when I think of wilderness. I think for a lot of us, whether it's physical wilderness or a metaphorical wilderness, that's a hard word, a lot of us are coming in tonight feeling like we're in some kind of wilderness. And if we're not there ourselves, then we probably know someone else who is going through something where it feels like I'm never going to get to the end of it. The Israelites walked in the wilderness for 40 years never knowing if they would actually see the end. So for many of us tonight, we feel like we're walking around not knowing if I'm ever going to actually see the end of the wilderness. That's not unique to Israel. In Scripture, you see this guy named Abraham and Sarah. They waited 25 years to have a son. Joseph, the story in the Old Testament, he was sold into slavery in Egypt for years before he reached his promised land. Ruth, she was a widow for years before she met her Boaz, who loved Jesus and had a job. And the stories go on and on and on of people who are in a wilderness, and they don't know how it's going to end. So why? This week, I felt like I was in a little bit of a wilderness of my own, and asking... Why would Moses remind the people of the wilderness? If that's not a fun place, if I don't want to go to Arizona, if I want to stay in San Antonio, why are you telling me to remember the wilderness? So I think the answer is mid-bar. Everybody say mid-bar. One more time, mid-bar. So midbar is the Hebrew word for wilderness. So I was reading this week, I was realizing this word Midbar is actually communicating something about the wilderness. In in the Old Testament times, a shepherd would actually take his sheep to Midbar, to the wilderness, to teach them and to retrain them. He would take them there so that they would actually become the right kind of sheep the wilderness wasn't just this place where you're aimlessly walking through, but it's you're walking through with a purpose because your shepherd is leading you. And Moses is telling the people to remember because he's not just saying, remember that you are in the wilderness, but remember that the Lord was leading you through the wilderness. And he's calling them to rem- remember that he's been with you. Remember that there was purpose in the 40 years. He's not just leading you for in the desert of Arizona for no purpose. There's a reason that God led his people through the wilderness, and that's to reteach them. I think the people, before they entered into the promised land, there's this story, Drew, Drew mentioned it earlier, of he sent these, these two spies, or these 12 spies, excuse me, into the promised land to scout it out. They just come from Egypt, the most powerful country on earth. They send these 12 spies into the promised land. Check it out. Before they move the rest of the people in, they come back and they give a report and they're scared to death. The people are massive. They're giants. And they say, you know what God, I, I recognize you literally just saved us from slavery in Egypt, but I don't think that you can conquer these giants in the promised land. So God sends the people. He leads them into the wilderness to teach them and to train them and to train their hearts to be moved from looking at idols to looking at God. The wilderness does an interesting thing. In the promised land, we have a way of hiding our hearts have a way of hiding behind things. Our hearts have ways of we can we can praise God. We can come to church and we can lift our hands and we can we can sing. But it's when things are really really good that we can begin to compartmentalize our life. And in the promised land, life is really good. The career is good. We just had a baby. We just had a kid. Well, I just got married. Life is really good, and it's easy to come to church and raise my hands and sing. But then it's easy to go home and my heart is wrapped around a significant other. It's wrapped around a career. It's wrapped around accolades. It's wrapped around people. And so in the wilderness, those things can't stand. It's in the wilderness that those things get exposed and we have to deal with them. So God is cultivating something in his people In the wilderness, he's cultivating a dependence on him. He's exposing them to how they don't trust him. When life's going really, really hard, when they feel like they're in the wilderness, they're turning to everything other than God. And so God keeps them there and he keeps leading them. and He keeps remaining faithful to them. That brings us to point number two, that Moses reminds us to remember God's faithfulness. In the midst of the wilderness the midst of the desert, God was always with his people. He led them every step of the way. One of the prominent examples of God leading and providing and proving his faithfulness was this thing called manna. And manna was this heavenly bread that as the people were walking in the wilderness for 40 years, God provided every single day bread so they could live, so they would have sustenance. Despite their rebellion, despite in the midst of the wilderness, they kept rebelling and they kept turning their backs to God, but God remained faithful. So as the Israelites are about to go into the promised land, Moses is calling his people to remember that God was faithful in the wilderness, and so he's going to be faithful in the promised land too. But it's only in the wilderness that you learn how to be the people of, of the promised land. It's only in the wilderness that you learn that I can depend on God, and so when I actually have something, I'm going to stay dependent on God. I, I remember growing up, it was about 2004, 2005, my dad used to work for what was formerly known as U.S. Airways. In 2004, 2005, U.S. Airways went bankrupt for the second time in two years. And so my dad was not guaranteed a job. And so they were offering these various out packages. And so he decided to take an out package and go back to school to be a nurse. And during this time period, we, my parents did not have a job. My dad was in school full time. My mom was homeschooling us. The secret's out. I was homeschooled for a season of my life. But she was homeschooling us. And I remember growing up, I don't remember the, the, the full story, but I remember showing up to our house after church on Wednesdays, and there'd be food on our doorstep. And I, my parents, were like, where did this come from? No one, there was no note attached. This is many times, many occasions that we would show up from home, from from church at home, and there would be food. And in two years of my dad never having a job. What my parents probably felt like was a a big wilderness in their life. God was faithful every step of the way. And the same is true in this church. There's a college student who his grandfather passed away. He's an international student. His RIM community, college students, came together and bought him an airplane ticket so that he could go back to his home country and be at the Burial of his grandfather. Other stories, REM community leaders. Remember the KFC buckets we passed around? REM community leaders who knew the needs of people in the REM community and they, they took money for those people that people would know that God is faithful, that He's providing. And it's in the wilderness that we learn that God provides for us. So it's God's faithfulness in the wilderness that gives us hope and God's faithfulness today and the promise of his faithfulness tomorrow. But as we are in this wilderness, we fail. And Israel failed. They failed time and time again. There were literal snakes that came and attacked them because they failed. They couldn't listen to God. There's a story of Moses goes up the mountain to meet with God and get the Ten Commandments and this cloud descends on the mountain where they can actually see God's glory on the mountain. And it doesn't even take 40 days for Moses to come off the mountain and they've already built a golden calf and are worshiping it. Literally 40 days. They physically have seen God come down and meet with Moses on the mountain and 40 days they've built a golden calf we fail time and time again and in Matthew 4 as the pages turn from the old testament to the new testament we see that there's another wilderness and there's another representative of Israel who is going to be tested for 40 days Jesus in the New Testament, this this character, this type, this shadow, this, this prophet of Israel, stands in his people's place for 40 days, representing 40 years. And Jesus stood in our place and in our wilderness, and he hungered 40 days, no food, no water. And if he triumphs, he and all his people go safely into the promised land. The good news for us is that he did pass the test. He did. He did it. I I got good news. Jesus passed the test, which means that the way into the promised land today, the way into forgiveness, into joy, into freedom, into peace, into everything that our hearts have been longing for, he passed the test. And he said that, stop running all of you who are weary and heavy laden come to me and i'll give you rest i'll invite you into the promised land jesus he's called the bread of life manna he god provided food bread for his people to live jesus is the bread of life offering himself to me and to you and to all of us in the midst of our wilderness and saying, come and eat. Come and drink. Come and enter into my rest. So we remember the Father's faithfulness. We remember the wilderness. We remember everything that God's done to lead us through the wilderness. And we remember his faithfulness at every step of the way he's been there. Even when we don't see him moving and working, he is working and he is moving. In the wilderness and in the promised land, he's in both places. But in order for us to enter into the promised land, we have to learn to be people of the promise. And we learn to be people of the promise. The third point, what Moses calls us to remember is to remember our forgetfulness. To remember our forgetfulness. So like I said, in 68 days, I am getting married. Praise God. Come on. And I am by no means a relationship expert. Come on. I'm by no means a relationship expert and don't claim to be. But what I do know is that I can't just tell Sarah I love her once a month. And for, expect her to know that I love her. Like I want to tell her every single day that I love her and that I'm on her team. That no matter what happens, that I am for you. Otherwise, it's it, this tendency of, does he really love me? Do, do I really believe that he loves me? Like, I haven't heard that I love you in a while. So Moses tells us to remember our forgetfulness. Because this is what he says will happen when we forget what God's done. When we forget the wilderness. When we forget his faithfulness. This is what happens. Verse 11. Take care lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply and your silver and gold is multiplied and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart will be lifted up and you forgot the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and the thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. God testing us is for our good. Beware lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have gotten me this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you power to get wealth that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. And if you forget the Lord your God and you go after other gods and you serve them and worship them, then I'm warning you, today that you shall surely perish like the nations that the Lord makes to perish before you, so shall you perish because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. Our forgetfulness leads to our faithlessness is when we forget everything that God's done, when we forget the wilderness, when we forget that God provided then I begin to think that I'm providing now. And I begin to think that I'm going to provide tomorrow. The blessings of the promised land are nothing without the Father. The blessings that we experience in the promised land are just good gifts from the Father, but the real gift is Him. So that's why we've been talking about this idea of Sabbath and remembering that weekly, daily, monthly, we'd have rhythms that we would remember, that we could just look back. When life gets really, really busy and we get caught up in the hustle and the bustle, that we would have moments to remember how God's been faithful, which gives us hope that he's gonna be faithful today. and makes me wonder, I, I, I think he's gonna be faithful tomorrow too. The sad thing is that we do forget time and time and time again. And it's our forgetfulness that leads to our faithlessness. And unfortunately, our faithlessness has a destination. And it takes us back into the wilderness. When we forget, we become faithless and we move back into the wilderness So regardless of where you are tonight, whether you're in the wilderness, whether you're remembering his faithfulness, or whether you're trying to remember not to forget, we have to stop and remind ourselves, I remember when. I remember when God was good. I remember the moment that I experienced the joy and the life and the freedom that Jesus bought for me for the first time when this whole thing of following Jesus seems like it's getting old, that I would slow down, I would remember how simple it is. I would remember that he's just inviting me to come and be with him. And that he is going to give us rest. And so tonight, as we close, I wanna close by doing this, by remembering. So we're we're gonna take, a couple, 120 seconds, two minutes. Just to be able to sit and remember. To be able to sit, whether that's journaling, that's meditating, that's praying, that we would remember for a moment everything that God's done. How faithful he's been in the wilderness. And if we don't, we haven't seen his faithfulness, that we would ask him to show us his faithfulness. And we would ask ourselves, man, what is God saying to me? And in light of what he's saying to me, how can I follow him? So we're going to take 120 seconds, and we're going to remember. And if you've never experienced God's faithfulness, don't leave this place without coming to know the God who is the promised land, who not only leads us into the promised land, but is the king of the promise. Talk to somebody you came with. Come talk to Drew. Come talk talk to me. Don't leave this place without encountering the God of the promise. Let's remember. Thank you for listening to the CBC The Rim podcast. If you like the message, then check us out at cbctherim.com. There you can learn more about our gathering times, upcoming events, or how to get more involved. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at CBC The Rim. Thanks for listening.